Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Dave here, and I wanted to share a little bit before we get started in the interview. And I had this great conversation with a devoted yoga practitioner. He's a Ashtanga teacher. He's an author. He's a director of the Trini Foundation. He's father of three, founder of Ashtanga Yoga Columbus. He does a lot of work in the recovery unit, recovery community through the Trini Foundation, bringing yoga into treatment centers and allowing people to uh, find a yoga practice, particularly early on in recovery to help support, support their recovery. And we just had this great conversation about all over the all across the board, but we talked about Taylor's background and how he went from this dark place in addiction to finding transformation through 12-step recovery and a regular yoga practice. And after years of getting his rhythm and his practice, he became a teacher and started a studio. And now he travels all around the world sharing his message of hope around recovery and the benefits of a regular yoga practice. He talked about the ups and downs and his recovery the challenges of travel, being away from family almost every weekend, and the rewards about being out there, meeting people, seeing exotic places, and and just sharing the practice and, and connecting with people. That's the message I think that really stood out the most is his strong desire to connect with people of all walks of life, make this practice accessible to them, and then bring it on home to his own studio and his own community that he's done an awesome job growing this community in Columbus, Ohio. So with that, please welcome Taylor and enjoy our chat. Welcome all to the Yoga Voice. Dave Sims here, and I'm so excited to have Taylor Hunt on the show today. Welcome, Taylor. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dave. Well, it's uh, good to hear your voice, and uh, I know we spoke on the phone briefly earlier, but it's been a long time, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I'm really excited to come back and visit you guys. It, It has been too long. Yeah, much too long. We'll, we'll have to make sure that doesn't, doesn't have a long stretch like that again. Yeah. <laughs> I know, last, this was kind of weird. Last year was kind of a weird year. But um, so before we get too far into it, I always like to start with asking our guests what inspires you about yoga today and kind of where you're at today. Wow. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, yoga um, inspires me on several different levels. Um, physically, um, it challenges me. Um, you know, it gets me connected to my body. Um, mentally, 
you know, it, it pushes me, um, has me expand my boundaries and expand my, um, you know, the way that I think about myself. And um, it also inspires me um, spiritually also, um, you know, like it helps me get connected to God. Uh, that's why I started in the first place and, you know, helps me get connected to other people um, too, which I think is a big part of my spirituality as well. And so those are, those are really the things that inspire me on a daily basis, like getting connected to people, to my higher power, getting connected to my body and getting connected and understanding what, what my mind is. So very, very, very cool. And such a, such a powerful practice, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's transformed my life. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I know, of course, I know your story. I've read your book. Uh, you know, we've had long conversations, but for some of our listeners, listeners that may not be too familiar with you, do you want to um, give us a little, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now in your yoga yeah. life journey and to take it however far you want to go. Yeah. I mean, you know, yoga showed up for me when I was six months sober and uh, this lady introduced me to yoga. Um, I was reluctant. She had to ask me basically six times um, before I said yes. You know, like in the sales process, it's funny from the business world. They're like, oh, yeah, you got you to gotta close like seven times or whatever in order for, to get someone to buy something from you. I was six times before I, I, before I walked into my first yoga class, <laughs> um, which is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, I was... Uh, spiritually, I didn't feel connected. Um, I was sober uh, six months. I was in, in the 12-step program, uh, but I was lost. Like I was using the program to like clean up my life, but I didn't have anything that continued to inspire me or continue to ask me to grow, which I felt like um, a, a lot of the people that I was with in the 12-step programs like were, were like not growing for some reason. And um, I saw that in myself too. I was recognizing it in other people. Like we were all stuck in our, you know, patterns. Some of uh, some of the people that I'm like thinking about right now went back out and used as a result of it. Um, and um, you know, I was willing to do whatever it took in order to get sober. But when yoga was introduced to me, I was just like, I'm I'm not doing aerobics. Like I'm not wearing ankle weights and having you know, a leotard on, I'm not going to do this Gene Sim or uh, Richard Simmons, excuse me, not Gene Simmons, um, this Richard Simmons thing, you know, because I had no context for what yoga was. And, um, you know, I walked in there and the first class, Dave, I mean, you've heard me tell this story before. I mean, I hated it. Okay. And uh, like the reason why I hated it was that, I mean, it gave me a true reflection of the person that I was and the person, uh, all of the person who had done bad things, uh, cause I was still cleaning up my life six months sober. I mean, you, you know, the deal it's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> you're not out of the woods, you know? So, um, and so I was, I was doing that and that class, like it just brought up a lot of insecurities. It made me feel vulnerable. I noticed that I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. I wanted to compete with the people in the room so I didn't have to feel this stuff. Like I could just push and like not um, experience what was happening. But that, that, you know, I lost, you know, that competition. Like everyone beat me in the room because I was terrible at it. Um, and, you know, I look around and I'm comparing myself to other people and I'm like, I don't really want to be me, you know? Like if you had what I 
if you'd done what I had done, you wouldn't be here. I mean, it was just like this mentality and like this sickness, you know, like this is what, like in alcoholism, this is like the ism of really what it is. And on the first day it showed me that. And like, you know, so I got, I felt vulnerable as a result of being shown that. And then I got angry, um, which is typically like my method of operation. And once that, uh, you know, that anger came out, I remember just walking out of the yoga studio and I'm like, I never want to come back. I, I never want to do that again. I couldn't do a chaturanga. I couldn't do a downward dog. I couldn't touch my toes. I couldn't do anything that the lady asked me to do. Um, and I, I hated it. I left out of there and I literally went to like McDonald's or Wendy's or some fast food place and just stuffed my face because I didn't want to feel that way anymore. And um, even doing that, what I realized is I was just covering up all of this vulnerability and this un un like uncomfortableness that was happening inside. Um, I really felt anxious, nervous when I was starting that class and, and that carried on really for the rest of the day. I remember sitting in front of the TV and just, you know, hanging out and just like, I don't want to think anymore. I don't want to feel that anymore. And I just like crammed food. And, um, I remember calling my sponsor and the sponsor was like, Hey, you know, uh, like, I'm, I'm like, I went to this yoga class and this lady like basically coerced me into doing this yoga class. And she said, and, and my sponsor said to me, um, you know, he, he was like a really straightforward guy. And he was like, you know, I told him about these insecurities and things like that. And he was like, you know, Taylor, I, I don't know if, you know, you have a choice in it today. You know, he's like, I, like, it seems like you were being like called or led in that direction. And you really need to follow that because I don't know if you'll stay sober if you don't do yoga. And I was like, damn, that hurts. Yeah. You know, like that hurts. Like he just like threw my whole sobriety on this yoga thing. And, um, and he was like a, he was like a 12 stepper. He was like a big book thumper. He was like a, he was on it. And, and he was like, if, if this is where you're being pulled, you know, because at the time we were on the 11th step and the 11th step is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. And, and I remember, uh, that's when this lady like walked into my life and he's like, this all is not a coincidence. Like, this is like what's supposed to happen. And he's like, if you don't work out this stuff, these vulnerabilities, these insecurities, these, you know, things like this guilt and the shame and this remorse for these things that you've done, you're going to use again. And I, I remember I was like, damn it. And he's like, and he, he literally laughed over the phone. His name was Raleigh and Raleigh laughed over the phone. And he, he said, looks like you're about to do some more yoga and hung up the <laughs> phone and he hung up the phone on me, Dave. And yeah, it was like, uh, you know, he was just like an old timer kind of guy. And, and he was great. I mean, he was really great. And I went back to my second class and, and I was less nervous. It was in Stanga class. So, you know, the teacher told us that it was the same thing. And I, you know, that, that felt good to me. And the reason why it felt good is because like I had a little bit of background in like athletics and stuff. And so practice makes perfect. Um, you know, like you do a bunch of practices so that you get better for the game. And that made sense to me. And so like we, we came back, we did like exactly the same routine, exact same sequence. Like we did everything basically the exact same. And um, I, I remembered a little bit of it, which made me feel less like anxious and nervous and all of that stuff. 
Uh, I wasn't competing. I was comfortable in my own skin. Uh, there was just something different about it. And, and uh, I, I felt good inside um, where the first time I didn't feel good inside. Um, and this was about a week apart between the two classes. And, and uh, we got done. I laid down for Shavasana and I remember just like grinning ear to ear and, uh, and like tears coming down my eyes. And I was like, you know, it was the first time I had ever felt good inside. First time I felt like I was a part of or connected to other people and that I worked out my stuff and I, I did this like sort of internal journey. Um, it was really powerful. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. It was so powerful to me that I looked at the teacher um, this is the lady that convinced me to do the yoga. Um, and she, I said, how do we do this every day? And she took me, she took me under her wing. And literally from that day, um, I, I really haven't missed a day. Like I continue to do it. I continue to do sometimes the practice that I learned in the beginning and other times, uh, you know, like, you know, learning, um, you know, different series or whatever. So I, it, it's just like, you know, it's just come full circle and, you know, it's been amazing. So, yeah. Well, and that you, it, something in it, that class cracked you open to the, like this practice for the game of life. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it was such like a game changer because of how I felt inside and like what I got to work out on a daily basis. I, I mean, during this period, like I was just shedding so, so many layers, all of this trauma and or drama as well, like, you know, previous experiences and everything. It was just like, I was just working it out on my mat. And that was really, it was really powerful. So, and, and it was helping me in my life. It was translating directly into my life. And I was like, oh yeah, I feel better. I can talk to people. I can look people in the eyes. Um, I can feel good about, you know, like how I, how I stand as a, you know, citizen of the world, um, you know, those kind of things. It, it was really powerful for me. Yeah. Well, and that, um, it kind of makes me think a little bit about like you have a powerful story that you were able to, you know, put out in a sort of a memoir type book. Right. And what was your, what was kind of the driving force behind, I mean, I know you had this life changing practice and the 12 steps and then where'd the spark of the book idea come from um you know if i was being completely honest um there was a lululemon store manager who i had a relationship with and i became one of their ambassadors and i remember she was one of the first people outside of like the meetings the 12-step meetings that i told my story to and we were eating at a restaurant. I remember exactly where we were sitting. And I told her the story and she started bawling and she started crying. And she's like, Taylor, you have to tell other people that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the first, and it just kind of gave me chills. Uh, but that was the first time that I felt okay to share it with someone outside of like recovery. And I did it and like it was received well. And I remember I wrote a blog and uh, the blog was, you know, it was on like morningmysword.com. That was like our website at the time because we operated out of another yoga studio. So we didn't have uh, Shangi Yoga Columbus at this time. And um, we put up a, a blog and it was me sharing sort of what I just told you, maybe a, a little bit, a little bit different of take on it. But, um, and I remember it got like 200,000 views 
um, 200,000 200, reads. And I got maybe 90 to uh, 100 emails um, over the next month about like how refreshing it was to have someone be as honest as what I was being in that blog about my story and stuff. And from that blog, I wrote three, it was a three part series on the blog. And, and the first one got a lot of, um, a lot of traction and the second one did too. And the third one a little bit less, but, um, you know, from that, you know, all of those people reaching out to me, I felt like it was a green light that I should listen to this lady, um, who was a store manager at Lululemon, um, and write a book, but I had no idea how to write a book. I mean, I can put together words. I can put together Facebook posts. I can put together Instagram posts, but a book is a completely different story. And, and one of my, uh, students, I knew that she was a writer and I sat down with her and I was like, I want to write a book. I want to write about my story and I want to like really like dive deep into it. I want a really honest account of it. And she, uh, she was like, well, let's write it. And you know, she interviewed me. I wrote some, she wrote some, I edited, um, you know, like I would give other details like, and we did it together. Um, I didn't do it by myself. I did it with uh, another another lady. Her name's uh, Dr. Don Blevins, and uh, she's a writer. She's an amazing writer, and she's she's the person who covers my program while I'm gone today. Um, when I travel around, uh, you know, to teach workshops and stuff, and um, she helped me write it, and we put it out there. I I started a publishing company where I, and I I basically self published my book. Uh, and, you know, I put it out there and, and it was received well. I was scared to death though, Dave. I mean, it was, it was scary because, I mean, no one ever wants to put their life in 314 pages and then also be judged for it. And mm -hmm. I, was, I just remember, you know, talking, talking to Don and I was just freaking out. I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do this. And I had so – the first 90 days – there was, I remember Amazon sending me a thing that because of the number of pages that were being read on, a, on Kindle, it was like an Amazon hot pick of the week or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it wasn't like a bestseller or anything like that. Um, but they, could, they, could, they showed me how many people were reading it at this moment. And I was like, holy crap, like 9,000 pages, you know, it's like, being read like you know at this moment it was crazy and and so I just felt really supported and like the process like from that lady telling me I should to uh, you know Don helping me with it like it was just like exactly what I was supposed to do um, you know and and so it all worked out it was I mean it's been a wild ride I mean as a result of that book um, you know, we've sold thousands of copies of it. Like, you know, Amazon has it on their sites. Barnes and Noble has it in their stores. I'm, you know, I remember I was just getting, I was just in Costa Rica and they're like, well, what do you do for a living? And I thought about it for a second. I was like, I, I mean, I'm an author. And they were like, okay, like this is at customs. I was like, I'm an author. And I never thought in a million, million years, like I would, you know, like at least consider myself something like that. And so, um, it's been a wild ride for sure. Um, you know, but it, it, but it's taken me around the world and it gives me the opportunity to sit down with people who are inspired by the Ashtanga practice or by, or by the yoga practice. And it gives me the opportunity to share with them that the practice of yoga, if you dedicate yourself to it, that it can help change and transform your life. 
And I don't know if everyone gets to sit down in front of people and share that. You know, I think it's really easy to say like, you know, yoga changes your life. You know, it's like, but I get to sit down with like real time, real experience um, on how that actually um, happens. And I get to share that with people. And that's like what my journey is. And so it's taken me to Israel and China and South Africa and Scotland and UK and Germany and Poland. And I mean, it's literally taken to me almost every state in the, um, the United States. It's taken me to Latin America all over the place. You know, it's like there's so many positive things that came as a result of like writing this book. Um, you know, I, I get to go and I get to share how it helped me clean up my life. And, and I think everyone is searching for something like that, where they, they don't want to sit in front of a computer screen and work for another person and not have it be their like passion. They want to live their passion. And, um, and that's what I'm doing today. And that's the example I get to put out there. And that's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it feels like a huge responsibility, um, but it's a responsibility that I'm, I'm willing to like take on. And the reason why is because we need more people that are happy, um, that feel good in their bodies, that are better and uh, better with their communities, better with their neighbors, you know, treat, treat uh, people different, you know, live their passion find out what uh, their purpose is, like what their dharma is, like what they're supposed to do to give back, those kind of things. People are searching for that, Dave. And uh, I get to sit down and talk about it. Yeah. And it's, it's really, um, you know, it's an honor. Like this is my life's work. You know, this is like what I do. Um, I get to talk about these things. And th this is basically like, you know, help me lead into, you know, me starting, you know, my charity as well. So, yeah. Well, and that's like what we're like the community here in India, you know, like City Yoga is it was was built on having people come in and, and find that experience on their mat and then showing up is yeah. their authentic self and whether it's purpose or dharma and, and having that I mean that's that's why I love what I'm doing today and and I often have those similar feelings that you expressed about feeling blessed to be be living my dharma and finding that that well of energy and happiness that comes from really being grounded in that that practice of you know finding your purpose i mean that's such a kind of overused term but but that's really what we're talking about yeah a way that's like uh, authentic in the sense that you're walking with an open heart and speaking from the heart to the heart and people are responding. I mean, that's, I mean, I remember yeah. when the book came out and, you know, we, I think you even like delivered a bunch to Indy when you were coming yeah. to your workshop, you know, I'm like, yeah, we'll order this many. And, and, you know, like people were like very intrigued by it. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's really gratifying to me to, to see how well it's done and, see how your journey, you know, I think, you know, whatever God or higher power you believe in, I think it's cool for me to see that, that there's a power greater than yourself moving you through this world, you know, on this mission, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so no, that's, that's super cool. And, um, and all the travel, you know, what, what's the, uh, 
is the most exciting or exotic place you've been in the past year or so? Well, you know, I, what, my favorite place um, that I went to is Israel. Um, and like for a couple of different reasons. Um, one is when I did basically like my genealogy and um, I did my genealogy and what we found out on my mother's side is that uh, she's, uh, or I guess I am too, um, German Jew. Um, and we didn't know that. Um, that was like a new thing. It was always kind of like a story in our family. And, um, you know, my great grandfather was um, married to an Ethiopian uh, Jewish uh, woman. So my great great grandmother is Ethiopian. Um, as well. And we, we found this out and I, uh, basically went to Israel and it kind of felt like home and I don't know how, like, it sort of felt like how India felt, but I went to basically all of these, um, you know, religious sites that you read in the Bible. And I mean, first of all, they have the best food there ever. (laughs) And, um, you know, but I would went to the like Golgotha and that's the place where Jesus was put up on the cross and um, where he was taken off the cross. And I remember like very vividly, and this was a trip that me and my wife went to, and it was like such a blessing to have her there with me because um, a lot of them I, I do by myself. And, and I went, um, you know, we went to the stone that they took Jesus off the cross before they put him in his, his tomb or whatever. And I put my hand on the stone and I remember just tears like starting to come out of my, my, my eyes. And it was just like such a moving experience, um, you know, and everyone who had their hand on the stone was uh, like felt the presence of God is, is like the only way that I can explain it. It was so intense and so moving that I remember I took my hand off of it. I grabbed my phone and I put my hand back on it. I took a picture of my hand on the stone. So I would never forget what that was like um, to, to, to feel how I felt when I touched that. And, you know, we spent uh, 10 days um, and we got to go to Tel Aviv and Nazareth. And we went to, um, you know, we went to Jerusalem and old Jerusalem and like all of these different neighborhoods. And it was really one of the most powerful uh, things that, that I've ever, ever done. Um, and so that was very moving. And I also, I mean, I love Costa Rica too. Um, I think Costa Rica is like one of the biggest gems in all of the world. Um, but those two places are um, by far like the most, moving places for me in, in all of the, you know, all of the world. Um, and I've been to a lot of countries. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, there was just something really special about it. And I don't know if there it was because like we found out my genealogy or whatever, like on my mom's side, I don't really know, but it was just a really powerful, um, you know, experience. And I was there with my wife and we had just a blast. There was no kids. And we just got to hang out. We went to the beach. We did yoga. We rode around on scooters. It was really, it was, it was the best thing for us to connect like that again. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like like a vacation with a powerful meaning and yep. behind it, you know. So that's well, and that's I think that's important for us when we're when we're called to 
like explore our roots in that way. Um, you know, I have my daughter Audrey is she's doing her undergrad at the University of St Andrews in Scotland, and that's amazing the, too. It, which well, so my mom's side of the family was McFarlands, so <laughs> strong Scottish roots. But I'd never right. been there, and like when she went to visit the school, she's like. I felt like I was coming home just like what you just said when you had that experience. And, uh, you know, she's got the red hair. I mean, she looks like she could have been born there. And yeah. um, so I went to move her in the last couple of years and, and felt that's a really strong connection with the land. Yeah. And this past, um, September when I, you know, went over for about 10 days to move her in and get her settled in, and my mother had passed away back in April this year. So I had some of that, some of that grieving stuff going on. And um, so I spent some time just kind of hiking the coastland, sort of beginning of the highlands. And, you know, so you got this lush green land and you got the ocean and, and you got these fields. And, and I just felt like, yeah, this is this, I feel this connection with the land. And yeah and sort of the agriculture and farming that that area is known for. And, you know, 150, 200 years ago, when my mom's side of the family came over, they were basically were farmers in the, anyway. So that's, yeah, yeah I, I get that. And that's a powerful, powerful um, experience to have and to share. And so I'm really, I'm really glad that you shared that and the, um, Costa Rica, I'm, I'm intrigued. I've had some friends move down there and I haven't yet been there. I've been, it's been on the radar and then off the radar. So it's kind of back on the radar right now. So that's kind of cool. Um, so when you, um, I did, I did, uh, I try not to research these things a whole bunch, but I was like, oh, I'll, I'll peruse your social media to see what, what you're up to. <laughs> I mean, you come, you pop up on my feed frequently. Yeah. And I'm on the home practitioners thing. So every now, if I need a little home practice inspiration, inspiration I'll, yeah. I'll tag on that and listen to, you know, something that you're sharing. But you were, I think you were recorded when you were in Costa Rica. And, and you were talking about like this year, um, I think you were kind of being reflective about this, this past year. Yeah. Um, what, where were you kind of going with that and what, What's, what's this year been like for you? Yeah, well, first of all, this year has been amazing um, because it's made me grow in areas that I didn't know that I needed to um, That was definitely, uh, like, one of the biggest things. But also, um, like, the, the reason why I've been so reflective of it is because of all of the situations that are happening in yoga where I really needed to go back to why it was important to me and how I separate myself from, you know, the things that have happened in Ashtanga and all of the things that have happened in yoga, Bikram and all of these things. Like, you know, I have to realize that what's important is that I continue to show up on my mat and, and I work out my stuff. I work out the things that have happened to me and the things that, um, you know, I, and I set myself up for the possibilities of what can happen tomorrow. And yoga is a tool for that. 
And, um, you know, this year I like, I've, I've been sharing this a lot, but I've really struggled with anxiety this year and I didn't really know what anxiety was until uh, it was pointed out by a therapist, to be honest with you. Um, and I was struggling with it big time. And, you know, I got to a place where I sought some outside help and, you know, I reconnected to my recovery community and I reconnected to working the steps. And I really started to do the work that was necessary in order for me to feel good, um, you know, in spite of, you know, outside circumstances and also uh, personal and inside circumstances as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working out stuff. And um, I realized that, you know, I, for the last 15 years as I've practiced, um, it's almost 15 years, and I guess it'd be in, uh, in April or whatever, it'll be um, 15 years that I've practiced uh, for day, on, on a daily basis. Uh, for 15 years, I basically, um, you know, I, I pushed, you know, I worked hard. I, uh, like I knew what discipline was. I knew what, you know, how to like work hard in the yoga room. I knew how I knew what my limitations were, but this, this last year has really been about the subtle work that is happening. It's about really paying attention to my breath, really paying attention to like what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, um, paying attention to my community, like my community, Ashtanga Yoga Columbus, and focusing on them and like giving them what they, you know, what they need and being present with them um, where it was just like recalibration. And I think that's actually good. Um, I don't think it's bad. It like, I'm not looking at this year. Like it's been bad. It's been hard and amazing at the same time. But um, you know, I think it's really good that, you know, like we're, we're met with us like fork in the road and all of a sudden, like, we can choose, like, can, do you want to continue to go down that path or do you want to go down a different one? And what I want to do is I want to inspire people to practice all the time. And I want to inspire people to, like, really work hard and work on themselves, all that stuff. But I also want to want to make sure that it's uh, sustainable for people that they can do it on a regular basis without thinking that there's some sort of like, you know, uh, competition or there's some sort of like uh, performance that has to happen. But none of that, none of that even matters. What matters is, is that you do the work, your practice, your, your Dharma, your, your stuff, and you show up and you do that. And uh, these outside things don't matter. The inside stuff is what really matters. And I found the yoga in these really like subtle details, um, not necessarily uh, like anatomy or whatever, but I'm talking about like really understanding like what is going on with me at, at any given time. Um, I feel like this year has been about me getting wise. Um, and I, I felt like I've, I really have kind of grown up to a certain extent um, where, you know, I I'm basically I got – almost 14 years of sobriety and um, you know, I'm basically a 14 year old and, but I, I feel like a very old 14 year old instead of a very young 14 year old, if that makes any sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I get that. Cause you know, we've, we have, you know, the similarities in the recovery story and, and the, uh, I actually got sober in Dayton, Ohio, you know, um, back in, and that's where um, I think, 
when you were talking about the subtleties, I, I get the little nuances of the body and the pose and the practice. But it also made me think about meditation as that, um, you know, like in 12 step, when you bring up meditation, maybe as a topic in a meeting or the 11th step, right? Um, yeah. The 12th, you, you know, it's a big, it's one of the 12 steps. So, yeah. and, uh, and it's often, I, I hear often a lot, you know, I can't meditate or yeah, you know, like, you know, the, the same people that are, you know, in prayer to their higher power every day and throughout the day. And there's a conscious contact going on, but, but the, there seems to be a, a, a floundering around and trying to improve that conscious contact through meditation side of it. And, and sure. then, of course, in yoga, and I know you study the sutras as well, and how it's, this is a lot about meditation and, and bringing, bringing that um, as a, like a subtle sort of devotional practice has, has been really, really transforming to me. And, and I kind of, I came, I always tell people I came into yoga backwards because I, first year of sobriety, I introduced to med, med, <clears throat> meditation and that became a daily part, you know, cause it, it says like, and it tells us how to start our day and end our day. So I incorporated meditation into that and never stopped and kept exploring. Cause this, so it was 1983, there was like zero yoga in Dayton, Ohio. Right. <laughs> and I wasn't, I didn't find yoga until, I was like in my forties, 20 years sober in, in Indiana. So, wow. so the, well, it's maybe late thirties, but you know, I've been sober almost 20 years and, but I had this daily practice. So I understood that, that, um, that discipline and the first yoga class, I, I felt that there was a meditative component to it. And it was like, ah, this is something, you know? Yeah. And, um, so anyway, and, and so I, you know, I remind myself that today because, um, you know, we get in the rigors of a, a physical asana practice and and showing up on the mat and the things that you talked about, how things arise when we when we have that practice. And, you know, and I think the practice is designed to open us up to flush out things that aren't serving us and but also like the power of meditation goes so deep and the power of yoga for me has been to enhance, you know, that, that meditation practice that I, they had been developing along the way. And um, so anyway, that it's kind of just where you were going made me think that. And, uh, yeah. and, and you said too, that you reconnected with the rec your recovery community and what kind of, what was that sort of, what was that about? Yeah, I just felt like, you know, I I would go to, um, you know, I'd meet with my sponsor like every other week and I would, you know, I'd go to a meeting once a week and uh, what I realized is that it wasn't enough. And uh, I started working the steps again and I really just like, I started working it on like very specific things and started doing the 10th step again. You know, I started doing like these little like sobriety things that I did in the beginning because you know, what happens is, and this happens to all of us, is that you end up forgetting how you got to the place that you're at. 
You know, I think it, I, I'm serious. I think it's very, I think it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, like I arrived at this place. You know, it's like I'm giving myself a pat on the back, like oh yeah, you teach workshops all over the world. Oh yeah, you got a book. You're so awesome, Taylor. You know, it's like, and it's just like, you know, it sets you up for a fall. You know, it like sets you up to like be right sized or something like that. And I recognized it you know, through my yoga practice and mindfulness and all of this stuff. And what I realized is that like, I just wanted to keep on growing. And I went back to the study of the sutras. I went back to the study of like the big book. I went back to going to more meetings. I went back to, um, you know, doing the steps more and integrating them in my life and working them on a specific, uh, on specific things. And, you know, it, I just kept on like, you know, like doing the things that I did when I first was getting started because I, I'm when I first got started, I was on fire, you know, like I read every yoga book, I read every spiritual book, I read every religious book. I mean, I literally read volumes and volumes of books. I mean, just so many books. And, um, you know, like today, what I realize is that there's, there's so many of those kind of things that I've, I've like walked away from, because I'm doing this other work, but those were so valuable at that, the, at those times. And I went back to all of that stuff, you know, I went back to recovery and I was like, you know, what happens if you commit yourself to just like you do on your yoga mat, but if you commit yourself to 90 and 90, or what happens if you connect, connect yourself to three meetings a week and getting sponsees and, or more sponsees and, working, working the steps like with them and like really dialing it in and it, everything gets better, Dave, (laughs) you know? And like you, you, like you sit, you know, or I was sitting where I am and all of a sudden I'm just like, I don't have time for that. You know, I don't have time to do that. I got to catch a plane or whatever. And, and I like, and as soon as I made time for that, I had so much more time. Mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, and I was more energized and felt better about things. It, it was really, it was remarkable. And that's what happens. Like I saw, I've seen so many people go out, go back out drinking use, or I've seen so many people show up to yoga, get so much out of it, forget about it. Like they, you know, their life gets good. And then all of a sudden, like they forget about like how it helped them. And I just wanted to keep on going. And so this, this year has just been, amazing i mean because i've gotten back to my roots to a certain extent so in, in a lot of ways it sounds yeah like. totally yeah <laughs> well, it was good for me you know we, we were doing a um, training and talking about the chakras system and the lower chakras and how those there we all have these hidden roots you know that are like multi-generational influences that you know things that show up and is only through a uh, self-exploration that we like we recognize those patterns and those things and then digging a little deeper we start to like oh this is maybe an ancestral thing or you know it's just it's i think it's a clear creates more clarity and like you talked about this sort of year of some wisdom um surfacing in your life and yeah i think like when we're ready and we're paying attention, that's where, that's where the growth happens, right? Totally. And it sounds like you've been paying attention and, uh, and that's, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to hear. It's, it's, it's inspiring to hear 
and it, it reminds me that you know we're all we're all human and we're all um having this experience as spiritual beings in these bodies and at least my belief and and sometimes it is two steps forward one step back yeah and i like what you said about you know we we have to remember what we did to get to where we're at. And now, of course, now you're married, you got three kids. Um, you're probably not going to go to 10 meetings a week. Right. <laughs> and, or, you know, like, like, like when, I, when I got sober, I didn't, I didn't have much going on. <laughs> so I, yeah. could, I could go a lot, you know, as kids. Oh, but then that can be a rationalization at time where well, I'm too busy to go. But, but then finding balance is what I'm going around to where you, sounds like you found a nice balance and you're reaping the rewards of that um that balance balancing act if you will yeah. and it feels good too yeah well that's so key and uh and i appreciate you being you know honest and open about the uh, anxiety and like we you know i you know i've i've had anxiety or little bits of depression and it's a human feeling it's a human emotion and i'm I'm always struck when um, I'm reading like the Bhagavad Gita and like, you know, the description of Arjuna's anxiety attack is right. so, it's so spot on. And that was, you know, how many thousands of years ago, which just reminds me that's part of our human condition. Right. And right. Uh, whoever wrote that was familiar with an, with that what an anxiety or panic attack would feel like right, <laughs> you right. know there, there's no two ways that wasn't that wasn't like a you know poetic license or anything it was like somebody's somebody gets it you know right so um so what about um trap well a couple things i was going to ask talk about treaty foundation but before we come to that we were talking about travel and yeah. you know i think a lot of people will will look at um, someone like yourself and like, oh, this is so cool. He's doing all these exciting, um, going to exciting places. And, and so what are some of the trials and tribulations that have come on your travels? You know, I mean, tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, like why I started it? Is that where you're, or why I started doing that? Well, like, it seems like you've gotten a rhythm of traveling a lot all over the world. Yeah. And well, is that, what's that brought up for you in, in two ways? Like what has been challenging and then what has been rewarding? Yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, the war reward is, is that I'm continually sharing my message and how it helps, um, how yoga helps people to change their life or save their life. Um, and so that is definitely um, the reward for it. And it feels, uh, it feels like what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. But uh, the challenges of it are, are interesting because I have a, a 10-year-old, I have a 5-year-old, and I have a 2-year-old. And um, I, the challenges are I just miss them. Mm. You know, like I, I miss them. I miss my wife. You know, like me and my wife have a, an amazing relationship. Um, you know, she is like my biggest rock, my biggest supporter, my biggest editor. She makes me think about every single thing that I'm about to do and she helps me do it better. She's really um, supportive in all of those ways. Um, and so, um, but it's challenging to be away from them. It's also challenging to be in a bed 
every single weekend that is not yours, um, to be in a community that you don't really know the people um, or, and you don't really know their practice. And uh, a, lot of these, a lot of these workshops, I'm doing Mysore classes and it's, it's hard. It's the most rewarding way to teach someone for student and teacher, I think. But um, the fact of the matter is it's very difficult to walk into a place and do two or three Mysore classes and maybe a lead class and, and uh, give everyone what they, what they need. Um, I feel like I'm really good at it now, but it's still a very challenging thing. Um, and so, and then also to uh, continually like, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm an introvert or extrovert or any of that stuff, but I just know that I need alone time. And um, you know, when you're sitting in group, of 30 people, let's say, um, and there's heavy questions and there's physical practice that goes along with it. The real thing that I've struggled with is maintaining my energy level, um, for my own personal practice, but also like, so that like it dis doesn't disrupt everything else. So I can still be present with my kids when I get home to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like been, been like the, one of the biggest challenges for me is like, you know, i I like to practice. I like to do it, but it becomes harder when you're traveling all over the place. So, you know, like I said about this year, it's been recalibrating a lot of things and, and it feels like, uh, you know, I, I have a little bit softer approach instead of like, I got to do this. Like, I'm like, I'm going to let this happen. You know, like I'm going to let it unfold and I'm going to do the best job I can, um, which is a totally different mindset for, for me to have. Um, yeah, but, it, but so there's so much, much reward. Um, you know, like I don't really see it as like a career. I really see it as, you know, I'm, I'm just fulfilling what I'm supposed to do on this, you know, in, in my life. Um, and you know, it's provided for my family. Um, I'm grateful that it's provided for my family. Like I go to places and, you know, like I, I was in Poland and, you know, 60 people showed up. I'm like, how did, how did 60 people in Poland show up to my workshop? Like, how did that happen? You know, or you go to another, like, uh, I went to Scotland a year or so ago and there was, you know, 40 people in the, in the, the workshop. It's like, how do people in Scotland know who Taylor Hunt is? You know? And it's like, I, I, you know, and there's, you know, it's provided this living for me, which, you know, um, is amazing that I'm doing this in conjunction with like my, what I feel like my life's work is. So it doesn't really feel like work. Um, but it, it, there's some taxing things and there's, there's some amazing things. And I would choose this over, um, any nine to five job that I wasn't really into, um, working for a check or working for someone else. Um, I, I, I would always choose yoga uh, because yeah. of, yeah, it's, it's just been an amazing journey for me. Yeah. Well, and your Ashtanga Yoga Columbus is, how many years old is it now? Yeah, so uh, January 1st, it'll be five years. I was just thinking, it's about five yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's come a long way. You know, it's like, I, I, I like pinch myself too. It's like, because when we started Ashtanga Yoga Columbus, you know, there was no studio like us, you know, like there was a Shtanga classes all over the place. Um, you know, there was one that had a bunch of yoga, um, a bunch of Shtanga yoga, but they didn't have like a traditional program. And so when I started it, um, you know, like 
uh, or when I started my, my Shala, like having a traditional program six days a week, you know, have it be just my sword, one lead class. Like there was never, there was nothing like that ever. And so people were like, oh yeah, you need to offer different styles. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just going to do this thing. And I, you know, I rented a small place and I didn't expect many people to show up. And we got a community of like a hundred and some people, you know, like we, we get anywhere from 25 people to 50 people a day you know, um, in the mornings and, and it's just freaking unbelievable. And I'm like in Columbus, Ohio, you right. know, like how did this happen? You know, because uh, you look around the country and it's like Mysore programs are, are, they're not everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you rank us right up there with Toronto, Canada, which has a huge program and you or, uh, rank us up there with, uh, Miami and LA and, you know, there's like, and like why Columbus, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's, and it's just like, this is what's supposed to happen. I just have to sit back and be, be grateful for it and continue to do the work and continue to support my students. And in, I mean, I support them and I love them. They love me and we're a tight knit community. Um, and that's what I always wanted. I always felt alone in my addiction and, and uh, I don't want to feel that anymore, you know, and I, I don't have aloneness um, at all. I, I basically am connected to my yoga community connected my recovery community and I have a family today. And those are, those are three things that I didn't have when I was drinking and using. Right. Yeah. And well, that's, 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 that's so awesome. And I, I never forget that it sort of started with that hashtag, get your ass to class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I remember I put that on like one of my first pictures or wherever it was like, uh, yeah, get your ass to class or bring your ass to class or all of that stuff. It, like I, I put that on the, the, the picture and then all of a sudden like that thing took off, you know, it's like, and that's like my, that's like my hashtag, you know, it's like, and I remember like, they were like, how does this traditional Mysore program have this as their tagline? And that's just who I am, you know, like, I don't know how it works, but it does work because that's what it's about. It's about bringing your ass to class. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's, it's awesome that you have a growing community and you've been able to fill the, fill that gap and that clearly was a need there. And, and I'm, I'm happy to hear you've kind of weathered a lot of the storms of changing times in yoga and, and just like traditional paths have been under, you know, some scrutiny with, you know, sure. the Netflix thing on Bikram and the, I mean, even like the Ashtanga keeps circulating through and the whole um, Johnny Kess thing with the New York times article. And, right. And all that, I mean, there's just, things surface, but I think when we just go and focus inside the four walls of the shala or the studio, and you mentioned earlier, like, like really connecting with your community on different levels, different communities, and, and that, um, yeah, and then the, the work you're doing in the recovery community with the Trini Foundation. Uh, I'll say a, say a few words about that if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I started it after I wrote my book because I didn't want anyone to experience like what I experienced. Um, and I wanted them to have access to yoga. And um, the crazy, crazy thing about all of this was um, is that, you know, in three years, we've been able to raise a lot of money to support um, people in recovery. 
you know, like in any given time we have, you know, between 30 and uh, 75 scholarships at, at studios around the country and also now around the world. Um, we have 52 partner studios. Um, we have uh, this year we're set to um, increase our teachers, um, the amount of teachers that we have. You know, we, we really have worked hard to um, provide two services. And the first service is to pay the teachers to go in and teach treatment center classes. And um, we do this so that the people in the treatment centers can be exposed to yoga um, from the very beginning, uh, because I think it's essential for growth. And so we pay the teachers. We don't ask for volunteers. Um, we, we actually don't accept volunteers to do that. Um, we want to pay the people. And the reason why is because like they're less inclined to uh, like um, step away from the class if they get paid for it, if there's some right. sort of financial uh, benefit to it. It makes sense. Um, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. It's not just, you know, they're not just doing karma work, you know. Um, and then the other, other part are scholarships. And so basically what we've done is hooked up with the Stanga studios or Stanga programs around the country so that um, when that person gets out of a treatment center, if they would like to continue yoga and there's a financial need for it, um, that they can contact us, fill out an application and apply for a scholarship. And we have provided a lot of scholarships. Um, I feel really good about it. Um, there's always room for more growth, um, but there is like some really, uh, you know, I just feel very blessed that from 2016 to 2000, um, you know, uh, 19 that we have been able to help as many people as what we have and we see a strong relationship to long-term recovery and um, you know a, a yoga practice or mindfulness practice there's there's definitely connections in it and so you know like we ask people to set up programming and we ask for people uh, studios to donation classes for us and you know we ask you know all of these these things to just support the people who are struggling with addiction because you know the last statistic I heard is that um, from 2007 um, it's up 500% and I would guarantee that it's actually higher than that um, addiction rates and overdose deaths and you know um, uh, just a countless number of people that continue to struggle with this thing. And, and the Trinity Foundation's work is to just put some, like, shine a light on it and say, like, you know, traditional AA works for people, traditional AA with, uh, or 12-step programs with um, uh, yoga attached to them are even better. Treatment with mindfulness, meditation, and yoga is even better you know, than just like treatment, you know, detox is better with movement, exercise, yoga, um, it, it, with yoga, it's better, you know, like everything is better as a result of like adding in that, those kind of things. And, you know, we have a, we have a strong board of people that support us. It's a working board. Um, there's about six people on it that, you know, like help in every aspect, whether it's like through vision and goals and fundraising and all of this stuff. Like I just have, these amazing people around me that are just working their butts off for like these ideas that I come up with. And it's, it's really, I'm just like, how did this happen, Dave? You know? <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how it happened. It's just really, um, really amazing. So, yeah. Well, when, when you come to Indy, there's a um, exhibit supposed to open at one of our museums on uh, 
around addiction. It's called The Fix. And it opens in February. I did a little consulting work on part of it. And um, so the State Museum basically have set up 7,000 square feet for an, a special exhibit on the uh, different alternative treatments and and supportive treatments for addiction. And, and they do sort of an in-depth um, display of trying to break through the stigma, you know, the stigma around, you know, addicts or alcoholics. And, and it brings in all these different modalities of treatment and supportive, like things like yoga, like they called me there and things like um, mindfulness and meditation. And, and, um, but anyway, you might want to, yeah, check it out for sure. Yeah. When you're in town, cause that, cause I think it's pretty cool where they, they've been going around, treatment centers that have yoga and different things of that nature and doing filming. So there's a lot of little vignettes there. It's very interactive. Wow. And, um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like an exciting, exciting thing to be happening in the local community here. And, uh, and we were like super stoked to have you back in Indy. Um, the, um, so do you have any, projects or things coming up that well first of all do you have anything else you want to share about before we kind of start to wrap things up uh, no i mean i feel pretty good i mean you know i really appreciate you having me on the call it's like it's it's given me some time to reflect even further on you know some of the things that i'm i got going on this this year and um and so it's it's been good so yeah so thank you yeah well thank you so much for you know sharing yeah, honesty and uh, and just that um, value of a sustained practice in a busy life, <laughs> and uh, and I'm sure this will be inspiring for a lot of our listeners out there. And and uh, so again, yes, thank you very much. And and for those listening, all on our podcast notes, we'll have um, contact info for. Taylor Hunt, uh, taylorhuntyoga.com, the Ashtanga Yoga Columbus, social media feeds, and you'll be able to tap into a schedule. And and um, if you're in Indy in the first weekend of March, 6th, 7th, and 8th, he'll be right down at City Yoga doing about five sessions. And uh, we look forward to that. And yeah, once again, have an awesome day. And thank you so much, Taylor, for taking the time out. Thank you for listening to The Yoga Voice, brought to you by City Yoga School of Yoga and Health, where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms. Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise. <laughs>